Hello and welcome to Voicebox, your weekly guide on public radio and podcast to the art of singing and the best of the vocal music scene. I'm your host, Chloe Veltman. Thanks for joining me. Every three years, the Bay Area plays host to one of America's most celebrated gatherings of young singers, the Golden Gate International Children's and Youth Choral Festival. And the 2012 edition is happening from July the 8th to the 14th in locations around the Bay Area. Tonight, I'm excited to be joined by the founder and director of the festival, Robert Geary. We're going to spend the next hour hearing music performed by some of the most interesting children's choruses from around the world and chat a little about the festival and children's choir culture in general along the way. Hi, Bob. Thanks for coming into the studio tonight. Thank you for having me. Bob, you also direct a couple of adult choruses, the San Francisco Choral Society and Volti, a prestigious small professional ensemble. Why is it so important to you to work with children's voices? Mm. Well, I have to say, it's, um, this may sound a little selfish, but the, the, the great lure for me for children's voices was realizing f- fairly early on that they have enormous artistic capability huh. and that they often have a very high level of music skills, especially if you have a program like we have here in the Bay Area with Piedmont Choirs and Girls Chorus and some of the Boys Choruses and that kind of thing where they get basic music training. Mm -hmm. So they're quite exciting to work with from a musical point of view. From the sort of social perspective of character building and, you know, emotional and intellectual development, those are extremely powerful. Also, I do actually think that we having a strong... um, ensemble music experience as a young person has a lot of carryover benefit later in life, whether it's in music or in other things, I could go on about that. Yeah, no, it's one of my favorite topics too. We can point to all the studies that have been written on this topic and the improved grades that people get and the better citizens that they become and all that. It's very, very important. Well, I thought we could start uh, today's playlist, which you've curated. I'm very excited about it with a track from the uh, Piedmont East Bay Children's Chorus, which is your chorus. Um, And and that chorus hosts the Golden Gate International Children's and Youth Choral Festival. So what we're going to hear first is Moondance, which is a Mark Winger's piece, and it comes from the, the CD Imagine a World of Children Singing. Is there anything you want to say about this track before we get going? Hmm. Yeah, this is one of the more virtuosic pieces Mark wrote for for the Piedmont Choirs, and the recording is uh, with Encora, which is a high school girls group that's within the Piedmont Choirs singing, and it's a piece that I think is one of his uh, most interesting, and we've enjoyed some international successes with this, and it's actually will be performed by a different choir, an Austrian choir that's coming to the festival this summer as well. Okay, and did Mark write it for your group? Yes, he did. Okay, brilliant. Let's listen now. Thank you. 
If you've just joined us, welcome. I'm in the studio tonight with Bob Geary, who is the artistic director of San Francisco Choral Society and Volti, and also for the purposes of today's show, more relevantly, he runs the Piedmont East Bay Children's Chorus and the director of a great festival for international children's choruses that's happening uh, from July 8th, 14th in 2012 in uh, the Bay Area. It's the Golden Gate International Children's and Youth Choral Festival. I'm Chloe Veltman, and uh, if you want to get hold of Voicebox shows, you don't have to necessarily listen on the radio we're also available as a free weekly podcast just search for KALW Voicebox on iTunes or go to the Voicebox website at voicebox-media.org we just heard a track from the Piedmont choirs Uh, it's called Moondance it's by Mark Wingers and it comes from the CD Imagine a World of Children Singing we're having a discussion Bob and I about the uh, world of children's singing in fact so um we're going to play a couple more tracks in a moment uh bob that uh are from two groups that performed in the 2009 uh, festival this festival you have every three years um tell me why did you found the golden gate international children's and youth choral festival uh, great question uh piedmont choirs has traveled internationally every every year for almost its entire 30-year history and along the way, we discovered that it was best to build our travels around a major musical event. Sometimes we would create a collaborative uh, relationship with another choir. Sometimes we'd go to a festival or a competition. And the festivals and competitions we went to were just such wonderfully inspiring events, sometimes just from a musical point of view, sometimes from a musical and social point of view. Um, we patterned and there were none in the United States, mm. in, in fact, when we did this. No was, no, no re- children's choral festivals in the n- late 90s or early 90s. Exactly. There was not yet a recurring kind of mm-hmm. international opportunity for both American choirs and international choirs mm. to participate in and create an international community. And we pattern ours largely after the Katamach or Kathaumu Festival from British Columbia. Uh, and we like that because it, in addition to being a competition... And that's a whole topic Mm -hmm. in and of itself. But in addition to being a competition, it also had a lot of activities that were built around bringing the various choirs together to create an opportunity for them to create friendships, musical friendships, to sing together, et cetera. So our festival has a massed choir, uh, has a massed youth choir and a massed children's choir, each of them numbering more than 300. And we bring in a couple of international conductors. So every morning, all the festival participants are engaged in singing together under the direction of these uh, international figures. This year, uh, Maria Guinand from Venezuela and Stephen Leake from Australia. So anyway, it was, you know, at the end of a week of this, it's a week long, the kids have actually created not just music together, but they have created relationships. You know, we have some activities after rehearsals are over. Um, for instance, they go on a hornblower cruise for a couple of hours, and mm-hmm. there are some interactive games between the choirs and, and getting to know you types of exercises. And for our own people in the East Bay, we we are housing more than 400 of these kids. Oh. Um, I think With it's, families, you mean? Yes. And so, you know, we live in a fairly, as you know, very busy, urban type of environment. And people are just too darn busy, and we kind of... <laughs> Uh, by asking them to house people, 
we're creating another kind of community because all of a sudden you've got two children that are most likely from another country, mm -hmm. sometimes even with a language barrier, and you've got to treat them like your own. They're getting to know your cat or your, <laughs> you know, the, the other children in your house. You're dropping them off at the festival. You're cooking them breakfast. You're and they, our our guests, our international guests, and some of them are from the around the United States also, come and share a little bit of the Bay Area and the way we live here. Mm -hmm. um, so. Just kind of every way you look at it, whether it's artistic or socio-cultural, it's, a, it's a, just a very rich and beautiful thing. How many groups are going to be at the 2012 festival and which kinds of countries are represented? Yes, it's a great question. We have This is the biggest festival we've ever had. Mm. We have 19 choirs, not counting our own. Ours is the 20th. Wow. Um, they are, there are two choirs from China, one from Indonesia, one from Australia, one from Honduras, one from Lithuania, Denmark, Germany, Austria, Canada, United States, and we're waiting on the final word whether a Nigerian choir is going to be wow. able to get there. That's an incredible global range uh, yeah, of yeah. groups. Uh, it's, it, it, you know, not, I'm not plugging a concert when I tell you that if you come to the final concert at Sellerbach Hall and see 700 beautiful young people singing together after a week of you know, working together, mm -hmm. it is one of the more uplifting things I've ever experienced. Yeah, I can imagine that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so let's hear tracks, these two next tracks on the playlist, which are groups that performed the 2009 festival. C could you introduce them for us? Please, yes. Um, I, the Midvest Pia Corps from Denmark is conducted by Dorda Bila, and they were big win winners at the 2009 festival. And in fact, uh, Piedmont choirs and their choir have exchanged now back and forth, uh, including having their conductor be on our summer music camp faculty, and we have a lovely relationship with them. They're quite strong girls' choir located in the center of Denmark. I know less about the Hangzhou choir just simply because I don't speak Mandarin and most of them don't speak too much English, but they were also uh, medalists in the 2009 festival. Okay. Well, the first track we're going to hear is uh, performed by the Midfest Choir is uh, a Danish folk song. It's called Mads Dossos. I think that's pretty yeah. close, yes. And then the Chinese choir, the Hangzhou choir, um, are performing a piece called Shui Muji, I think. I would guess maybe Shui Muji. Shui Muji. All right. <laughs> But Fantastic. We're, we're both in the dark yeah. on this, yeah. Well, <laughs> the music is going to enlighten us all on its own. Let's listen now. Thank you. 
This is Voicebox and I'm Chloe Veltman. I'm in the studio tonight with Bob Geary, who heads up the Golden Gate International Children's and Youth Choral Festival, among other things. And we're discussing the landscape for children's choirs around the world. We just heard a couple of beautiful tracks from uh, two choruses that performed in the 2009 Golden Gate Festival. Uh, the first up was the Midfest Pia Chor, which is a girls choir in Denmark. And the track was, we think, it's called Madstossos. Not sure about the uh, pronunciation there. It's a Danish folk song. And then we had a, a choir from the People's Republic of China, the Hanzhou Aiyue Chanqi choir more or less and the track Shui Muji or something like that uh, apologies for the mispronunciation so uh, Bob can you tell us a little bit about how the festival has developed since 1991 I mean you mentioned this is the biggest one ever in 2012 mm-hmm. but what else can you say about how things have progressed in the last 20 years or so yeah, I would say it has not been a consistent ascendancy um, mm-hmm. there were years and it often followed the well it pretty much always followed the global economy so that makes this year more of an anomaly because we don't exactly have a strong global economy but when the dollar was was still high it seemed that that was a real impediment to international choirs being able to come here right makes sense plus it's a heck of a long drive um, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know it's if if you're if you live in Denmark it's a lot easier to get on the train and go to Italy or even sure. to just fly to Italy than it is to fly across the ocean so uh, I was surprised by that because I thought, gosh, everybody in the world must want to go see the Golden Gate Bridge in California. It's mm-hmm. such a you know mi- mythical kind of place. Um, but maybe that's just the way I feel. <laughs> um, so anyway, to the we had a number of years where we would have two, maybe three international choirs and a half a dozen choirs from around the United States. Mm-hmm. And any, among those, maybe even one or two of those local Bay Area choirs, Ragazzi from down on mm-hmm. the peninsula has been a couple of times. Cantabile was there once. Bella Voce from Livermore has participated. Uh, Marin Girls Chorus has been there a couple of times. Um, yeah, so um, I'm trying to remember if... I don't think the San Francisco choirs have been there yet, but huh. anyway. yeah. And as participation, lo- the local participation is less now, and it's more international. Or this year, particularly, I particularly mean, to, international. To have, yeah, to have the to have twelve countries represented, you know, and uh, two two choirs from China and two from Canada. Uh, so really, fourteen international choirs. That's remarkable. And and yeah. can any choir participate or how, how we, do you get to do it? Yeah, thanks for asking that question. No, it is by audition. There's a fairly wide range of what we accept, but basically a choir needs to be able to sing a cappella music somewhat effectively. Mm. Um, we, we take that as the measure of having a degree of musicianship so that they can participate comfortably. And we don't want to have a situation where a choir is so far below the level of the general choir population that it's uncomfortable for them. Mm-hmm. So we kind of look at it in a couple of different ways. Oh, okay. And so they send an audition CD yeah, they, then, exactly. and you have a committee that listens. Exactly. And, and does uh, the festival provide any kind of financial assistance to the groups who are coming, or they have to foot their all, all their own bills? Good question. There is a festival tuition, in fact, mm-hmm. uh, that every participant pays, but that can be discounted on a scholarship basis by application. And then sort of the real the real financial advantage for visiting choirs is the fact that they can have homestays. Right. So they have no... Ho- we basically tell them, if you can get yourself to Oakland, mm-hmm. 
you won't have to spend any money until you go back to the airport on your way home. To, so even their food is covered yeah, and everything? Yeah, yeah. the families uh, uh, basically provide yeah. it. The festival provides some of the lunches, but the families yeah. will often give them a bag lunch when they leave and uh-huh. get them, pick them up in time for dinner and that kind of thing. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> All right, let's do a little more listening now. Um, I'd like to hear two more groups, um, a group from Honduras and a group from Germany next. Uh, so the Discovery Choir first and then the Hamburg Children Choir or Children Choir. Um what can you tell us about these two groups, Bob? Well, the the Honduran choir is the first time we've had a choir from Honduras. Mm. Uh, so we love this idea that we're bringing yet another culture and another country to the festival. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, I think, are one of the... I, th- I think it will be interesting for them to be at the festival because they're going to get to hear how people sing from lots of other places and at what level they sing. The Hamburg choir has been to the festival one other time. Right. So, yeah. So, we have a friendship there. Yeah, okay, great. So, yeah, so both of these groups are, are participating this year, as, as are the next, after these two, we'll play some more tracks from participants for 2012. So, we're going to hear a, a track called Santa Lucia from the Honduran Choir, and then Im Krug zum Grünen Kranzer, which is a, a German folk song, we'll follow that up. Chloe Veltman and this is Voicebox. We're chatting tonight with Bob Geary, choir master extraordinaire, all about the children's choir landscape. Bob heads up the Golden Gate International Children's and Youth Choral Festival and also runs the Piedmont Choirs. And that festival is happening on uh, from July 8th to the 14th, mostly in the East Bay. It happens every three years. Uh, check out our free weekly podcasts, which are available on iTunes and at voicebox-media.org. And don't forget, you can friend us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. So we just heard from a couple of choruses that are performing in the uh, 2012 Golden Gate Festival. The first track was called Santa Lucia and it was from a choir from Honduras called the Discovery Choir and then a German choir, the Hamburg Children's Choir, Cantemus. Uh, the track was Im Krug zum Grünen Kranzer, which is a German folk song. So Bob, is there a lot of rivalry between the different groups that show up? Because I know competition is a big element of the festival. Competition in the choral world is an interestingly controversial topic. Mm. Um, 
I, th I have found competition to be extraordinarily uh, positive experience for the Piedmont East Bay Children's Choir because it gave us a chance to really work to a higher level. I mean, it's 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 ideal if we're just motivated by the art form, but throw in a little competition and everybody steps up their game a little. Uh -huh. um, and and it also then when you go to competitions, if they're high level competitions, you hear great music making, and you know we all learn by listening, and we all appreciate great efforts too. So it can be really a terrific experience from the listening point of view as well. Um, and the one one of our Golden Gate festivals, Piedmont East Bay Children's Choir. Um, celebrated its, I think it was the 20th, our 20th anniversary happened to be a festival year. Um, we sponsor the festival and it falls every three years. So that year we decided we would ask past festival participants that would like to come as well as mm -hmm. people who hadn't come to come to a non-competitive festival. And I learned a lot. The atmos atmosphere really was different. Huh. And I thought about it. Um, the, uh, when, when, our choir goes to a competition, Piedmont East Bay Children's Choir. The kids get very excited about it. They have a great attitude about it. It's mm. not like they're, you know, arrogant or expecting anything, but they want to work hard. They like the idea, you know. Mm -hmm. And they re it really develops more of a cohort, you know, more of a peer um, bonding type of situation. And it's and that in itself is a beautiful thing to, to be part of. Um but because they do that, when they mix, they don't mix as much with the other choirs because they're hanging with their team in a right. strong way. It's not that there's any bad vibes between choirs, but everybody's so intent on doing their very best together that they're, 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 th those bonds are primary. When we took the competition element out, it actually seemed to relax that a little bit. Mm -hmm. And it felt like there was more easy interaction between choirs. Uh -huh. um, however, I mean, I th so I think both models uh -huh. are great. We, we immediately went back to the competitive model, partly because we're, one of the things the festival does is create an opportunity for American choirs to participate in the international standards and, yeah. and, and learn what the, what's really going on out there because there's a whole lot of the American children's choral scene that doesn't know yet uh, how far the art form has advanced and in, in all the creative ways. And this is one way that American choirs can come and experience that without traveling too far themselves. Huh. Is there a country that's considered to be the, the gold standard for children's mm. choral singing? Oh, I, I guess I always think of the same two or three. Mm. Um, I have a personal affinity for the Finnish way of singing and um, and level of singing. The Swedes are way up there. Um, I I uh, I would have to say the Hungarians are up mm. there. And then there are you know individual choirs or smaller choir cultures in the most amazing of places. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, I've I've heard good choirs from Kazakhstan, for instance, yeah. or Jakarta, you wow. know, Indonesia. Um, to some extent, it's where the English Empire went. Huh. And in addition to establishing bureaucracies and, and city centers that helped uh, in some ways, um, I think choral music followed a little bit. That's fascinating. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's listen to two more groups that are performing in the 2012 festival. 
now. Um, we have a group from Illinois, the Barrington Children's Choir, and the track is called Daybreak by Stephen Paulus. And then the Bach Children's Choir from Ontario, Canada, with Ekorn, which is a, a Norwegian folk song arranged by Margaret King. Bob, is there anything you want to tell us by way of introduction to these groups? Uh, these are both choirs that are new to our festival, and uh, and it's it's nice to look at the North American continent and realize people coming to the festival are distributed somewhat symmetrically around the country, a little bit more to the north. But yeah, yeah, that's I, they're not choirs that I yet know that well. We just heard two children's choruses here on Voice Box with me, Chloe Veltman. The first was the Barrington Children's Choir from Illinois with Daybreak by Stephen Paulus. And then a group from Ontario, Canada, the Bach Children's Choir with a Norwegian folk song entitled Ekhorn. I'm here with Bob Geary and uh, we're discussing the children's choral scene from around the world. Bob is a choir director and he runs the Golden Gate International Children's and Youth Choral Festival, which is happening from July 8th to the 14th uh, in the Bay Area, mostly in the East Bay. Don't forget, you can get our free weekly podcasts always at iTunes. Search for KALW Voice. Voicebox. And also you can go to the Voicebox website at voicebox-media.org to check out our playlists and our schedules and all kinds of other useful info about our project. So it's interesting, Bob, the, these choruses that we're listening to, they all sound very different. They have, I think, quite different approaches. And it's been interesting listening to you talk about some of this while we've, while we've been hearing the tracks. I'd love for you to summarize some of your thoughts about the different cultures and their approaches to, to children's choirs and, and singing and repertoire. Um, it makes it interesting in a competition if you have singers that sing with a very different vocal technique. And, you know, the judges are, have a score sheet and they're, they're evaluating expression, they're evaluating intonation, they're evaluating, you know, phrasing and, and various aspects of of performance that you know. Um, but when it comes to evaluating vocal tone, mm. it's really, you have to kind of remove bar the, re remove an expectation that there is one superior vocal tone. Huh. Um, I mean, in, in greater Europe and sort of the bel canto singing te uh, system, we have ideas of how to sing what, you know, what we consider properly or beautifully. Mm -hmm. um, and I actually do think that it's a beautiful way to sing, but 
the beauty of tone is not always the musical goal. Mm-hmm. Um, and tone tends to reflect language. Um, so that when we listen to the choir from China, we're hearing a placement of the sound in the mask of the face in a forward way that you hear when you hear Mandarin or Cantonese spoken also. Mm-hmm. And interestingly, there's a whole bunch of folk musics, uh, aboriginal folk musics, Native American folk music. If you ever get a chance to hear Native Americans chanting at a you know, powwow or mm-hmm. something, you know, um, you hear also a masky sound. And everybody likes the Bulgarian women's chorus and that or or Kitka that sings here mm-hmm. in the Bay Area, that, again, they, they, they produce the vocal tone in a different way than bel canto singing. Mm-hmm. It tends to have less vibrato, um, tends to have a brighter, more uh, overtone-rich kind of sound to it. Um, so that it, it's just very interesting. I mean, we're going to hear another choir in a moment from uh, the Republic of Georgia, mm-hmm. the former Soviet Union, and they you'll hear a very different vocal timbre there. Mm-hmm. What about in terms cultural differences in terms of how the choruses operate? You know, which are the ones that are more casual, which are very formal? Where mm. where you see the kind of different attitudes to well to life, really? Yes, yes. I think again, I would go back to Finland for saying, you know, uh, there I feel like, and I think it might be because it's a rather young country, uh, one contributing reason. But there's sort of this freshness and optimism and celebration of children for the the freedom that's reflected in the sound and the, mm-hmm. f- you know, it's really like the sun is coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, in um, you know, Chinese choirs which have you know, they're making a really concerted effort to create choral culture in China. Um, it's being aided by the International Federation for Choral Music to a significant degree, IFCM. But it's yet another place where I think China sees um, a desi- has a desire and sees an opportunity to uh, interact globally. So the choirs are tremendously accomplished now. They're, they're starting to be more and more. They have mm. great, great skills. They tend not so far in my experience, so it's hard to generalize. I mean, it's Mm. dangerous to generalize, but they tend not to sing with an expressivity Mm -hmm. that we tend to think of of when we think of choirs here in our home turf or more Western European style of singing. Um, And they like also pageantry and synchronized movement on a larger scale Mm -hmm. um, in performance. So that's, you know, that's an interesting culture mm-hmm. shock. One of our, we have an, a jury for this festival is assembled with people from Hungary, um, Venezuela, China, and Australia. The Chinese judge I haven't met, her name is Wang Jin. Mm-hmm. Um, but in checking her out, she was recommended to us. And in checking her out, uh, one of my uh, scouts who happened to be in China heard a choir that she was conducting, and I think they were singing some Durafle, mm-hmm. the French composer, mm-hmm. which requires a most delicate and beautiful, more bel canto-ish, bel canto-ish um, technique. And he assured me that they did a beautiful job, and that kind of mm. relaxed me on inviting her to be on the panel because I wanted to make sure she could hear that she was used to hearing um, m- m- the what was going on you know on the other side of the world from where her country was hmm. uh, yeah which are the, the most well behaved choruses which countries <laughs> do they hail from versus the ones that are naughty uh, <laughs> <laughs> i would say that the germans and the americans 
uh, sometimes are perhaps the rowdiest. But there are, we have a couple of funny stories. Um, the festival was very generously housed by the Mormon Interstate Center up in Oakland mm. a couple of times. And there was a lovely choir of Russian girls from, uh, from I believe it was Vladivostok, so the Far East Siberian area. And um, one of our choir parents, who was a member of the Mormon church, had to ask a couple of the girls who were outside sunning themselves topless on the grass <laughs> to please put their shirts back on. So whether that's misbehavior or just a cultural mismatch, uh-huh. you know, uh-huh. uh, I don't know. Um, so there's no misbehavior? People are, well, kids are, are the, well behaved? We, we, no one's had to be court-martialed, sent w- back home? Well, I don't know if anybody's had to be sent back home, but I recall there may have been an event Again, with a Soviet Union choir um, where um, security had to recover an object that disappeared from a retail store uh. <laughs> in an unwarranted way. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, over the years, there are little incidents. Little, little, little incidents. But yeah, I, I, you know, I think that um, we raise our U.S. children, especially Californians, um, to take responsibility early to stand, you know, to understand who they are and not to be so completely respectful to their elders. Mm. Uh, and, and that does create situations where there's n- simply not that same level of respect. That wouldn't happen with a uh, Chinese choir. Right. Or, you know, so there are, there are some significant cultural differences, mm-hmm. um, how we raise children. And I think that's another whole topic. We'll save that for another show. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's have some more music now. We're going to hear this wonderful chorus from the People's Republic of Georgia now and uh, and then also a choir from Minnesota. What can you tell us about the, the two groups we're going to hear? Please, oh, Bob. boy, they're as different as night and day. Mm-hmm. You know, the Minnesota choir comes from the, the, the central part of our country. There is a style of singing that, that's uh, quite wonderful there and heavily influenced by Lutheran culture. Mm-hmm. Um, has, has evolved over the years, but there are a lot of the great choir schools, are you know, St. Olaf's mm-hmm. among them um, back there. So the, so the Minnesota group comes from that culture and sing with a beautiful tone. The... Uh, piece we'll hear before that uh, by the uh, Mikaladze Central Music School from uh, the Republic of Georgia uh, is, again, a really wonderful, interesting cultural um, contrast because their style of singing is very different. As a matter of fact, this is a good juxtaposition to show the difference between what we view as Western-style beautiful tone versus one of the other styles of tone. All right, here we go with Georgia and Minnesota.
You're tuned in to Voice Box with me, Chloe Veltman. I'm chatting tonight with Bob Geary, the founder of the Golden Gate International Children's and Youth Choral Festival, about the global landscape for children's choirs. We've been listening to a wonderful assortment of, of tracks by different choirs from around the world. Some of them appeared in the festival in 2009. It happens every three years. And some of them have a, are about to appear in the 2012 festival, which happens from uh, this July, uh, from the 8th to the 14th. Uh, we just heard a track by uh, a choir from the People's Republic of Georgia, Mikaladze's Central Music School, and the track was called Mravel Jamia, celebration song. And then uh, the opening chorus from The Bastard Bride by Beatrice Smetana, performed by a chorus from Minnesota, Partners in Praise Girls Choir. Bob, there are dozens of choral festivals in this country and many more abroad. How does the Golden Gate Festival compare to other children's choral festivals around the world? What makes it unique Mm. or different? This uh, summer, I think it's in Cleveland, they're having something called the World Choir Games. Uh, This started off in 2001 as the Choral Olympics, but the Olymp- the Athletic Olympics sued them for the name, so it became <laughs> the World Choir Games. I know this story very well because Piedmont East Bay Children's Choir participated in the first um, Choral Olympics and is, in fact, the only children's choir from the United States to have finished first in, oh. in those Olympics. Congratulations. Out of a group of 360 choirs. Well, That's it's 11 years ago, but remarkable. still noteworthy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I was, it was an exciting moment. Um, But that festival might be a good example of contrast with the Golden Gate Festival because with that festival, you pay a fee, they work out their hotel packaging, they make their money. It's a a mercenary operation for a good cause. Mm. Um, They make their money uh, presenting this package and you simply go and... You're, you're on a schedule for competitions. There is absolutely no effort, zero, made to um, have common singing or create a community around mm-hmm. the event. Mm-hmm. And they've been doing this all over the world successfully, and they have jurists of the highest caliber. Mm-hmm. I mean, just the, some of the most wonderful people in the world serving on the panel. So it's a, it's a high-level thing, but it doesn't have, uh, except for the exchange that occurs by actually appreciating one another's music and the opportunity to hear it, and they don't even go to a great extent to make sure you have that possibility, but there's no social aspect. Um, With our festival through the homestays by all the folks in the East Bay, the great, you know, families in Piedmont, Oakland, Berkeley, and beyond, um, and through having the massed choirs in the morning where the kids are singing together under a couple of you know exciting conductors uh, and things like a cruise on the hornblower yacht mm-hmm. uh, and picnics um, and a final dance mm-hmm. after the closing gala concert at Zellerbach. There's, we, we, we try to create a lot more. Uh, I think I think we're having a hip hop dance instructor come in one afternoon and, mm. and give a uh, teach kids, you know, uh, hip hop dancing. Um, it, those that would like to do it, uh, you know, we're just looking for ways to share who we are as Californians, Americans, uh, and and give them an opportunity to to um, create some relationships. And for the people that do the homestays, the large majority of them are staying with members of the Piedmont East Bay Children's Choir uh-huh. or other families that are closely associated. So there, we have instances of people who've kept up their relationships with people 20, 20 years later. 
you know, we already have that. So, oh, that's yeah, lovely. That's pretty great. So it's a it's a social experience as much as a musical experience, yeah. and that that you think is is different then to most children's choral festivals around the world. Yeah, I mean, there are others like that, but yeah. but I would say they're in the minority. Mm-hmm. Um, and and again, the festival that we loved so much it was up in British Columbia mm. in Powell River and they do it kind of the way we do it and we we're, we were with them for the founding of their festival and they were actually down here with us for the founding of our festival and we're we have a, a, a nice uh, complimentary relationship and and I think present something a little different than the rest of the world okay <laughs> I'd love to ask you about uh, the the broad scope of children's choral singing at the moment. I mean, you, you hear so many different choruses from around the world and travel all over the place with the Piedmont choirs and just have everyone visiting here too. Um, what kind of trends are you observing in uh, in terms of the, the global children's choir landscape oh, right man. now? It, it's, it's, um, it's wonderful. <laughs> I mean, it's really been going on, oh, I guess for... 40, 50 years after World War II, you know, the, 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 just as populations grew, the tradition of, of men and boys choir really became a, a, um, um, a, a just a, a smaller part of the, the overall mm-hmm. children's choral world. And there's a huge proliferation of music instruction, you know, a lot of it through the Kodai method. Um, which is, came out of Hungary, and mm-hmm. the composer Zoltan Kodai developed it, but it's used widely by mm-hmm. Bay Area choirs, too. I mean, we, we use it over in Piedmont. But just the uh, emergence of the children's choir as an artistic instrument, mm-hmm. no longer necessarily considered part of a religious tradition, mm-hmm. but really a community tradition. So, you know, all of our children's choirs here in the Bay Area are completely multi-ethnic, multi-religious. Uh, and in the case of Piedmont choirs, we're... You know, we recognize it's a whole new world, and we're constantly commissioning new music. And it's not—it's—it's it's finding sort of spirituality in the human experience, um, whether it's humorous or deeply felt, mm-hmm. um, but not through any sort of dogmatic religious path. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and it's global. Mm-hmm. And I think that it just. Uh, it's it's I guess it's the I'm fairly passionate about in, in our small way we're trying to um, con- create create opportunities for children to connect themselves into the world mm-hmm. and by singing and by singing with people from other countries um, I have to feel that they've created a level of trust and understanding that will make them operate in the world as adults differently than mm-hmm. they would have had they not had that uh, that experience as a child. That's my hope. Yeah. So, you know. Um, you talked a little bit about the disassociation of the children's choral movement from churches. What's the relationship these days between the children's choral movement and schools? Well, we in California had the toast of the country, really. I think California, New York, maybe Texas, probably other places I'm less aware of, had remarkable public school music education into the 70s. I guess, in my view, it's probably just as there's been a diminishing amount of public money Mm -hmm. uh, for whatever Mm -hmm. reasons. Um, uh, I think we could talk about that. But um, music, the musical experience has been relegated uh, and diminished, um, so that 
often now in elementary schools, maybe somebody will come in with a guitar for 20 minutes or 30 minutes a week, mm. and that's considered your music. But that does nothing to train the brain and train the sensitivities of music into a person which takes, you know, repeated, regular participation. So, you know, as, as we all know, the California school system is uh, still having to find ways to spend less money. Mm -hmm. The idea that their school systems will be able to, to support robust music programs seems distant at this point. And there are some public schools that and they tend to be in more um, affluent communities mm. where there are parent booster clubs and support systems built in, so they are maintaining their... Uh, so that there's more choirs in those places? More choirs and, and more levels of training so that mm -hmm. the, the quality of the singing and the experience available to the kids is at a more developed level. Mm -hmm. And, of course, there are some magnet schools here in San Francisco and Oakland. Each has a school of the arts um, and... I have to say, Todd Wedge here at San Francisco School of the Arts is He's been a doing guest on voice books. brilliant work with yeah. those guys. So, out in out in the East Bay, you've got public schools in Akalanis with Bruce Lonaker and Miramani with Megan Perdue, and um, all three of the schools. I can't remember the name of the third one in that system, but they're all doing well. And then down in the South Bay, there's some mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. But it's hit or miss now. And right, it used to be much more. Um, integrated into the regular school day. So groups like Piedmont and Ragazzi and all these other great uh, choruses, the girls and boys choruses in San Francisco and so on, uh, do you see them pretty much as filling in a, a void in a way that's being left by the uh, depletion of, of music in the schools? The rise of all of those organizations occurred as the with the reduction of uh, funding, public funding for music. So absolutely, it became... I think I think the results of those programs is probably in general higher than what was happening in the public schools, just simply because it's no longer bureaucratic mm -hmm. in any way except musically. Mm -hmm. um, and but the but all of those choirs that you mentioned are a direct response to uh, to the community wanting to parents wanting a musical opportunity for their children that was no longer available in the schools. So then it becomes a, unfortunately a matter of affordability. All of those programs have scholarship, but mm. as we know, it doesn't cover everything for everybody sure. so, yeah. so yeah so it becomes kind of expensive then having yeah. children join a core a community chorus then has to be a you know it has to rise up on the priority list mm -hmm. yeah. well we're sadly approaching the the end of the already? hour already <laughs> i know it's flown by but i do have one more question for you bob because you conduct both adult and children's choruses i'd love to hear what's the difference for you between working with children versus working with adults mm -hmm. Well, at this point, I would say children keep me young. <laughs> <laughs> um, the um, I've been doing it for so long that it's sort of it, I suppose I suppose I have I somehow switch because I, in fact on Tuesdays, for instance, I'll go from a rehearsal with the ensemble of the Piedmont East Bay Children's Choir, which is a very high level, wonderful musical, fun opportunity, and I'll be, you know. Okay, kids, in seven minutes, I want you back from your break and in your places because we need to resume. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, dealing with them as a teacher, a parent figure, mm -hmm. a, you know, uh, someone who has to help them structure themselves. Mm -hmm. um, and then I'll get in the car and drive over to uh, Lakeside Presbyterian and, and face 150 or 200 members of the San Francisco Choral Society and in some ways, it's not that different. Mm -hmm. um, we do the same set of vocal eases, or mm -hmm. at least some of them. Um, 
and in some ways they I have to be their teacher and <laughs> and disciplinarian but they're adults and, and and they're adults and they're all very accomplished and and have already um, you know are already living out their lives in their in their philosophies mm-hmm. um, so that we can we can discuss things in a different way with children we're, we're often having creative discussions analyzing a poem or something w- that are quite free and open and mm-hmm. you know among the first times they've done such a thing with the adults where we're, you know the starting point is different mm-hmm. uh, everybody's already a, a, a mature individual or at least getting that way <laughs> well thank you bob it's been such a delight chatting with you about children's choruses thanks so much for being here pleasure is mine to find out about the golden gate international children's and youth choral festival which happens from july the 8th to the 14th in 2012 please visit goldengatefestival.org Voicebox is an independently produced non-profit project recorded at the studios of KALW in San Francisco. Our series producer is Seth Samuel and the web editor is Victoria Lim. Voicebox needs your support. To find out how you can make a tax-deductible donation to keep us on the air, please visit our website at voicebox-media.org. Donating is safe, easy and tax-deductible through our online PayPal link. Or please feel free to send us a cheque in the mail. You can write to us at info at voicebox-media.org to find out how to do that and also ask us any questions or offer any comments and suggestions that you might like to do so about the series. We really love to hear from you. I'll play us out with just one more track. Here's the Mast Festival Choir from 2009. That's all the kids who performed in the festival. Here's Sing All Ye Joyful by Kirk Meacham. Have a songful week. <laughs>